Welcome to our house with one of Australia's leading auctioneers, Rod Amos, and buyer's agent, Matt Sharp. And now for your dose of information and observation about real estate across the nation. Let's go live to your host, the voice of the National Rugby League, Steve Allen. Episode 50 of the Our House podcast. I feel like I should roll in the wide world of sports cricket music. Because we've done it, Sharpie. I know you're excited. We've reached the half century. Rod Amos alongside us as well. One of the world's best auctioneers from urban and coastal real estate in Terrigal. Matt Sharp from Sharp Property Buyers. Are you going to raise the bat? Yeah. I'm pretty much Mark War at the crease right now. Very happy that we got to 50. Um, it wasn't easy, but we got there. So you like Junior more than Steve? Yeah. Because he's a swashbuckler. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's um, yeah one of the all-time greats, Mark War. Coming up soon, Rod, the chief auctioneer with Ray White. That's it. Alex Pataro will be joining us for a bit of an update. And look... Every time we open up the newspapers, gloom and doom about the real estate market. So that's the way media sells papers. Because, gentlemen, hazard a guess what the auction clearance rates were around the country last weekend. I will say Sydney was 78%. Well, 74, 74, but I mean, it's hardly a bad market, was it? Look, first place goes to Adelaide at 87%. Melbourne was 73%. Canberra's down to 60 but nonetheless... I mean, is the market really bad when 75% of properties are trading on or prior to auction day? And as I say, just following up on other ones I've done, vast majority selling within days after, immediately a week after. So I still go back to the fact that's a sign of a very healthy, normal, standard market. Yeah, agreed. And one thing I've been noticing, Rod, as well, is a lot of properties are set for auction. However, they're selling prior. Is that a strategy from the sales agents? Well, basically what it generally means is that you've got one buyer that does appear to want to buy that property more than other interested bidders. So it's always a difficult game to play leading up to auction. A lot of very heart-to-heart conversation about it. Well, how much will you go to? Then you really go go back and qualify other bidder, potential bidders as well too. Question obviously has to be borne out by the vendor. I'd suggest in most cases better off going to auction, but sometimes you will have people that just appear to be one reason or another, sometimes unknown the reasons well and truly above where the market seems to be talking price. You mentioned you, you most cases you'd always go to auction. Let me give you a scenario, hypothetical. Last week of the campaign, auction's due on Saturday. It's Monday right now. An offer comes in. What are you doing? Are you sitting down with your vendor saying you need to take it or are you saying let's let's wait until Saturday to see what happens on the floor? Look, by that stage, by the week before auction, you should as an agent obviously have a very good handle back on where pricing is on feedback you've received from other interested parties as well too. Communicating that to the vendor throughout the marketing campaign means that when you do get above expectation offer, the vendor's got the information there to make a decision. And again, for any agent, it's not something we can make on behalf of the vendor. It needs to be a decision they make themselves, but that's made based upon the information that you as an active, creative real estate agent are going to be telling me about the market feedback coming up to auction day. Hey boys, what caught your eye before we get to Alex Pataro, Chief Auctioneer with Ray White, New South Wales? Well, I know you're not doing the sports show, but I tell you what, even though we broadcast around Australia, it has been a massive week for Central Coast sports people. Now, what is it about North Gosford as a breeding ground? Matt Graham just got silver in the world, Mo. What an event. Did you see that 
man go down those moguls. Yeah, like, absolutely. Incredible, and, faster than the eye can follow. And beaten by the greatest of all time, Mikhail Kingsbury, the Canadian, who's now won eight straight gold medals. So that was one taken home by a North Gosford-born athlete, Molly Picklam. Not North Gosford-born, won first at Sunset last week. And Nicola McDermott... Another one, you're very familiar with, Steve, born and raised at North Gosford, and she just won gold in Melbourne, 1.93 metres. Yeah, she's already gone over two metres, so just a superstar. I've got something that caught my eye that's out of this world, literally. I'll tell you more about it after we get to Alex Pataro. So without any further ado, let's get the Chief Auctioneer with Ray White, New South Wales, on the line. All right, now Alex Pataro sold his first home via the medium of auction when he was only 17 years of age. For the last few years, Alex has been one of the chief panel auctioneers with Ray White New South Wales, does fantastic work. With all the Ray White offices up the Central Coast, Newcastle and Alex, great news happening with Ray White on the Central Coast with amalgamations and growing of the business. But the important thing from you and a real estate point of view is obviously out there thumping away the gavel at auctions and quite astounding isn't it when we have all these negative reports on the real estate market and yet last weekend just under 75 percent clearance rates ray white always average above that norm so alex how's the last few weekends been as ray white's auctioneer oh the um first four month of data just uh, just came out yesterday uh for the ray white group across new south wales act and uh, look, despite all those uh, negative reports, uh, the market is performing very, very well, particularly for our Ray White businesses. Um, this month, we will have a clearance rate of about 65%. And when you kind of consider uh, some of those reports that, are, that have been circulating the market, 65% would, re- would represent a very normal and balanced market. Uh, momentum is really starting to build, Rod. Uh, we're seeing on average 4.5, 4.6 registered bidders, 2.5 active bidders across our auctions, and 88.6% of all Ray White conducted auctions obtained active bidding. Uh, so that should give sellers confidence the market is performing much better than what some media uh, channels are, are actually reporting. Well, when you're talking about that number of registered and active bidders, that's literally as good as it gets. That gets up towards the peak that we're seeing back in 21. It's also a bit of a process as well too because there's something that so many buyers just love to be able to get out there and actually see what their competition is, have it all out in black and white, and when you see these kind of results, a great opportunity for vendors to still benefit from that competition that you and the agents create, Alex. Well, the the, the auction platform does create that level of... Um, it does create that transparency amongst the buyers, but it's also the transparency for sellers. They get a good understanding of where their property is positioned in the marketplace, and they get to see that quicker. Uh, auction is uh, helping sellers move on quicker than private treaty sales, and that simply is because of the platform that auction creates around capturing buyers and allowing buyers to compete in that emotional, transparent environment. Sellers can then make a decision, well, are we going to take what the market's prepared to give us or maybe do we stay put, uh, which is why auction process is, is, is ideal for sellers, no doubt. But I think with what we're seeing in the market, Rod, uh, sellers should have no fear coming to the market. It's a normal market. It's a balanced market. Sellers can sell knowing that a property the prices are not uh, falling out of the sky like we did see last year. 
buyers can secure knowing that the property prices aren't going up at the rate of knots as they did in 2021. So it's really a good balance at the moment for buyers and sellers. We agree, Alex, and it's Matt Sharp here. It's great to meet you, mate. It's certainly a better environment to be buying and selling, if you ask me. You can take a little bit more time. You can do your due diligence. You can be a little bit more considerate, but the underlying factor is there's still a very, very low supply. Um, Where are you seeing most of the demand right now um, in and around Sydney? So what's still really sought after and and not just suburbs, at what price point? I think anything sub $2 million, Matt, is performing very well. I think affordability in terms of borrowing capacities have no doubt been hurt, and that's the reason why we've seen a drop in prices over the past 12 months. However, that's starting to really level out, and uh, the market sub-2 million across anywhere in Sydney specific is performing very, very well. Uh, Family homes that are already done, no requirement to renovate, no requirement to extend, those are the properties that our buyers are really looking for, which is quite funny because a few years ago, we actually saw the renovators' delights. Those properties obtain a really good price. With building costs and unknown on what's happening in the building sector, buyers are looking for everything done, ready to move in. I've been looking at your numbers right around the nation, and there's been some great results in Queensland, as you'd know, but you might want to just talk for a few moments about Richmond in Victoria. Property sold for $4.2 million but it was $1.15 million above the reserve. Five active bidders and a crowd of around 300. Probably my question there is, how can the expectations be just blowing off the charts like that? Well, I guess that's the power of what, what, what the auction process can do. It's The auction process, what it allows the vendors to kind of uncover is ultimately what buyers prepared to pay. And if buyers have that level of desire to own the home, and they have a financial capacity to go up to a, a number that is well above everyone's expectations, well, then we're going to see that number uh, appear in the results. Uh, I, I guess you know, that, that's, that's the auction process. That's the platform that uh, it allows sellers to do uh, and allows sellers to be able to capture that price. But uh, no doubt a property like that in that suburb would have been sought after. Uh, that would have been uh, somewhere where it's desirable for families. And, and with the competition and the product there, it's a, it's a perfect kind of result for sellers. Look, one of the other things I like to discuss, Alex, too, is because whenever the market starts to get cautious, it's come back over the last 15 months, people say, oh, look, you know, why would you want to go to auction? I th- one of the things I like to discuss with you is that with auction, your vendors have got a greater chance, haven't they, to transact within a shorter period of time, which means their, their sale and then their repurchase is done literally within the same market, maybe down to a matter of weeks. And right now, we're tracking a lot of properties that went private treaty on the market six, 12 months ago. The prices have come down by 20%, so they're following the market down. They could have realised a far higher price had they used a quicker method to market that. Oh, spot on. And, and, and that's what the auction process does. The auction process... Uh, attracts more buyers and sucks more buyers into the process and and through traffic uh, it allows us to create a good platform for for bidders and and offers and gives sellers a good insight to where buyers prepared to pay uh, what buyers are prepared to pay 
I guess uh, in a market where we're still seeing rising interest rates, days or market is very important. Sellers should be very strategic when, when they are putting their property on the market. Are you putting the property on the market or having an auction two days after an interest rate rise? Or uh, when, when, when are you putting your property online just after an interest rate rise? We need to be more strategic around when properties come to market, particularly because of those borrowing capacities. Uh, every time an interest rate goes up is affecting borrowing capacities. That's factual information. And borrowing capacities are going to uh, impact property prices. So time on the market, very important for sellers. Ray White's auction uh, days on market sit at about 28, 29 days, where private treaty sits on the market for over 40 days. So depending on when your property comes to market, you could actually see one or maybe even two interest rate rises uh, if you pick the wrong method of sale. You spoke about strategy, and I'm always fascinated about on auction day, when you actually, or if you do, call a property and say that it's now on the market. So there's one that sold recently. I'm sure you'll know about this. This was in Rosebury and it was uh, auctioneer James Keenan. Now it's called on the market yep. at 3.3 million. Then the auction goes off the Richter scale and it sells for 3.535. So yep. what's that conversation like with the vendors when you decide to put the property on the market under auction conditions? Well, there's, there's, it's, a, it's a really broad question, but there's a lot that we possibly probably don't know, and that's particularly around uh, the buyers and, and their feedback and 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 uh, where the buyers have presented their feedback and offers throughout the campaign. And But there is just something about when you say on the market, when I mean, you use that language on the market, buyers know that the sellers are not stuffing around anymore. They're fair income about selling and the property is going to sell to someone today. And ultimately, the property is going to sell to the buyer who's going to pay the most for it. So when you use language like on the market, you are really then extracting the, the absolute um, maximum amount that buyers are prepared to pay. Uh, and it typically creates that momentum, which then carries it through to that premium result. All right, Alex, the, the other thing we often talk about markets within markets, and that could be one suburb performing better than the one right next door to it. But the one thing I seem to be happening out there right now is we have two distinct buyers. Those are the cashed up ones. And then you have the buyers that are still looking at a larger mortgage. And what we see happen so often with that is, you know, everybody generally familiar with cooling off exchange of contracts. You've got the due, you put down 0.25% due diligence to go and lock in your interest rate. But we're still seeing this trend with buyers that are seeking finance. It can blow out four, five weeks for them to get finance, and then they still can't afford to buy the property. I suppose you remove that negative, don't you, with the auction process because they're committed to having to buy it under auction conditions. The amount of times I've heard recently, Rod, of buyers placing a 0.25% deposit down, interest rate goes up over that period of time, and then they can't borrow the amount that they've had an offer and acceptance and the deal falls through. It's happening every single day and more often than what a lot of sellers can, uh, can imagine. Uh, I can't stress enough, that strategy costs sellers money. Because if you're on the market 
and you've got an offer and acceptance at one price with a with a five day cooling off period that potentially can blow out to fourteen days or even twenty days. That twenty days that you can't sell it to someone else that's cash unconditionally approved and ready to rock and roll is costing the seller money because it's time on the market. Longer longer periods of time on the market, lesser price. So the auction process is cash unconditional. It it, it is a, a fixed five or ten percent deposit depending on whatever is agreed, and the deal is locked in, which should give sellers more confidence that they can then move on and secure another property, knowing that the deal is actually pretty much watertight. Now, Alex, again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That's a snapshot. If you want to see Mr. Pataro in action, all you need to do is generally look at what the um, Channel 9 Saturday or Sunday night evening news or even pick up a paper on on a Sunday. Alex, thank you for joining us. Good luck with it. I don't know how you managed to do it in the heat and humidity in summer. Ten auctions in one day, but you know Sydney like the back of your hand, don't you? Yes, uh, it's, it's good fun. We love it. Yeah, the heat sometimes takes uh, takes a bit out of us, but uh, if that's the worst of it, well, uh, I don't think we've got anything to complain about. It's, uh, it's good fun. So, no, thanks for having me today, guys, and uh, looking forward to catch up again soon. Alex Pataro, Chief Auctioneer with Ray White in New South Wales. And as you just said, Sharpie, some gold in that segment. Some serious gold in there. And if you're thinking of selling, Alex said a couple of things to me that were really, really critical. He spoke about timing and being obviously someone with Alex's experience. They're very considerate and and very calculated in their strategy when they're selling. So if you're chatting with multiple agents in your area to find out who the best fit is. Uh, I think in a market right now, you really want to be with someone that's experienced, it has been around a while and has a clear strategy for you to sell. And he mentioned the damage a couple of interest rate rises could cause if your property's on the market for multiple interest rate increases. Um, and he also mentioned at the end there, you know, the buyer that purchased the property and whether or not they're financially uh, ready to buy something at that level, no matter what that level is. Now, experienced agents, Rod, they know how to navigate that. That's why they're masters. That's why they, they get the biggest results. Am I right? That's it indeed. Look, and it's, it's, it's always a continual thing with this exchange only cooling off when it falls over. The devil you met, and you've seen it happen. Once you tell a buyer, look, this property is under offer, but it has an exchange, would you like to have a look? Buyers won't waste their time looking at it. Basically, to them, it's already a done deal, and we see it stretching out further and further, and then it doesn't go through because finance hasn't come through as expected because of the last interest rate rise, changing working circumstance. I'd be very wary advising anybody to accept cooling off under these conditions if they either exchange contracts or you move forward. Now, speaking of exchanging contracts, everybody's familiar with one Buddy Franklin? Well, Buddy and Jacinda Franklin bought a property in Rose Bay, bought it off plan in 2020 for $5 million. It went onto the market in November 22 for 5 to $5.5 million. So they've consequently been on the market for four months at this stage too. So in relative time, that's the price they will eventually accept is under what it might have been back in November. There was an auction booked in for last Saturday. Somebody did the due diligence, went ahead, made a formal offer. That was accepted for $4.8 million. Now, he might be one of the highest gold scorers, but I've got to say, buddy, you could have done better with that if you purchased off plan for $5 million in 2020. You've sat on the market for four to five months. You've missed the opportunity to at least level out with that. 
Yeah, look, there are a few things there, and I have no idea of the circumstances, but one of the things um, for me that come to mind are the acquisition costs. So, you know, did he overpay from from the get-go? And if you've overpaid by 10% on on acquisition, obviously it's going to take you some time to make that money up. So did he or didn't he? I'm not sure. I think Uh, he made his money up. He's moving to a a conservatively valued $8.5 million acreage just behind the Gold Coast. A couple of things that caught my eye. Now, we were just talking to Alex Pataro from Ray White, I noticed that since COVID, so there's some numbers here on office space, and I guess this might not surprise you. So some of the areas that are really powering at the moment are outside the CBDs. Number one on their list, and this is from Ray White, so West Perth is number one, followed by the Brisbane Fringe. So the outskirts of Brisbane, then the Brisbane CBD, then Darwin CBD, Sunshine Coast comes in next, Gold Coast, then Parramatta, Newcastle, the Perth CBD and Wollongong rounds out their top 10. So post-COVID, they're talking about a lot of businesses that are kind of changing the way they do business. Yeah, and I guess what's been a major, I guess, consequence of the Australian economy and the Australian property market is how concentrated and reliant it's been on those CBDs and the major hubs. And I think the best way to explain it, it's almost like an egg. Um, So a fried egg, for example, it's very concentrated where the yolk is and then the whites spread out. As we move through post-COVID and as the dust settles, it's probably looking a little bit more like scrambled eggs. So it's a bit more consistent across, you know, the major regional hubs and across spread out across some of the smaller capital cities in Australia, which is a good thing, I think, because then it will um, spread the the wealth um, through through all of Australia and ultimately improve some of those housing markets in those areas as well. Yeah. Boys, a couple of quick things that caught my eye. So last night I was looking at uh, the New York Times website and some typical kind of stuff was there. Like, so if you're a single renter, it had what studios cost in America. No surprise. Number one is New York. So $3,000 per month if you're a single renter. You lived in New York, Sharpie, so you'd know know more about that than we do. Number two was Miami, $2,000 or just over per month for a single renter for a studio. New Orleans came in at 1400 at number three. The cheapest, Albuquerque, followed by Wichita, Kansas, and followed by Minneapolis. So this was all on percentage of your income. But what I really want to get to, this is what caught my eye. So have we heard about the metaverse? The metaverse is digital real estate. It's expected to grow by $5.37 billion by 2026. All the big companies have properties in the metaverse. Any of us gamers? No. Rod? No. No, so none of us are gamers. But if you're a gamer, you will understand this universe. 3D properties are there. Architects are involved. There's an auction coming up in March. The vendor, Gabe Sierra, is hoping for a sale around $10 million in the metaverse. It's an 11,000 square feet mansion, seven bedrooms and a pool. It's in Miami. Bargain. Uh, Transactions are handled in cryptocurrency. It's been around since 2003. It's going to be hard to get your head around. But two years ago, Mark Zuckerberg got involved and said that Facebook wouldn't be called Facebook anymore. It'd be called Meta. So keep an eye on it, the metaverse. Like I said, all the big companies are buying property there because in that metaverse, you can go and check out what they've got to offer. And it's a lot cheaper to paint your walls in 3D animation than it is in real life as well. But Matt, I'll tell you one thing. You probably have troubles convincing people in Sydney to buy into Woomba if they can't actually walk through the property and buy it. How would you go with a virtual city in a virtual country 
populated by virtual tenants who may or may not trash your home. Oh, I have no idea. I don't put any energy into this. I like tangible assets that I can see, touch Look, and Look, and it's feel. a funny thing when it's funded by cryptocurrency, but that's not exactly going up in value either, Steve. Well, that's what caught my eye because it's just mind-blowing and it's it's actually hard to comprehend if you're... Over 20? Yeah, well, the guy Gabe Sierra, he's been in business for 30 years and probably risk takers as well. That's fair to say, Sharpie. We always evaluate risk if you're investing in anything. Well, yeah, I think we're heading into uncharted waters with this type of stuff. I, I certainly wouldn't be rushing out there to invest my money into it. Yeah, what's or, it like or, getting a building and pest report done on Rowan? <laughs> oh, oh imagine, imagine just putting the um, virtual reality ga- glasses on and then just walking around a grass backyard <laughs> saying, oh, I'm in the lounge room and all sorts. Yeah, yeah well, funny, I, I was working with a client just the other day and he pulled out a metaverse to show his staff. And so this is just... 10 minutes from where I live and they're showing their staff a metaverse of what the site's going to look like in years to come. All right, Rod, uh, you got one more? Look, I have got one more. We did, Australia lost one of its great luminaries in real estate last week. Mr Max Rain passed away, Rain and Horn, age 91. Max has had a holiday home in the heart of Terrigal for over about 30 years. When I was working at Rain and Horn, Terrigal back in those days before we became McGrath. Max was up here virtually every weekend with his family and I cannot tell you how many auctions he came to. Max could not leave real estate for a weekend. Now, Max started off in the family business as a copy and post boy, 1950 at the age of 18. He has left that business with 3,000 people working under the banner of Rain and Horn and $10 billion worth of real estate sales in 2022. An absolute gentleman. We'd just like to pass along our condolences to friends, family and all those working under the banner. He was truly a gentleman to be sadly missed in real estate in Australia. Yeah, beautiful, Rod. Well said. And uh, rest in peace, Max Rain. That is episode 50 of the Our House Podcast. We'll catch you again soon.